Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here to celebrate our one-year anniversary, Garrett. Uh, you know, it's uh, been a long honeymoon. Uh, July 20, we're recording this on July 24th, but we uh, celebrated our one-year anniversary of our first published show on July 22nd. So congrats to us. The, the money I doesn't agree. stop rolling in on this podcast. Uh, well, it never started, but I oh, guess in the fair audience, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. coincidentally, this is our 50th episode that we recorded. Wow. A double milestone. milestone. Double milestone. Yes. You should sound more excited. You sound depressed I'm, about this I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> it means a year of our lives. Uh, well, you know, what better way? You chose that? to do I, I didn't hold, I didn't force you to do this, remember? You chose no, the, to do I, it. This, we should be honest about this. There was no coercion, right? Yes. I'm clearly happier than you. You're not getting any of the cake. Um, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm okay. just stunned. That's fair enough. All right. So today we're talking about The New Car, which is season four, episode six, that aired October 19th. 1973, which is available on Paramount Plus to watch. And there's no music edited out, as far as I can tell. So we have a complete episode, unless there's something else that was removed that I can't tell. Um, who is our writer? Well, the uh, we have a complicated credit here because the teleplay, the shooting script is credited to Mark Rothman Logance, those two regulars who are head of the staff basically this season but there is a story credit to a michael elias or michael elias who uh is his only odd couple credit and he but he it was a very and has been i think he's still alive a very prolific writer for film and television probably most known for the screenplay for steve martin's the jerk a few years later in the 70s and also one of the creators, I found out, of a show that you may recall called Head of the Class. Oh, yes. And in addition to the writers, I just want to mention this episode is directed by one Gary Marshall. Now, last Yet time he, he did it, we thought it was because of all the exterior shots, which was very Well, was very this exterior. one certainly yeah. has a lot of that. Probably the most exterior shots so, specific to any episode. So that's probably not a coincidence, right? That's, he probably right. directs episodes where there's heavy exteriors. Get the feeling he is trying to get his feet wet, as they say, as a cinema director. Well, too bad that never panned out for him. I know. Yeah. So we open on a sign that says, have a happy day uh, in, inside some room. And then we hear some sort of generic 70s rock music playing. And we widen out and see that it's Dick Clark sitting in what looks like <laughs> a radio station. The Clark. Dick Clark. Well, before he was 100 years old. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with a record player, a coffee cup, and a telephone in front of him. And he says, all right, we'll be back with more contemporary music here on the Dick Clark radio show on WZAZ. Now, those okay, are made ten, up. Qu- yes. Question. Right. Is uh, my impression of Dick Clark is the did the big TV show. Was he American Bandstand? Yeah, he's American Bandstand. Right. So did he ever have a daily radio call-in show? Uh, he had York a lot. Or... Well, you know, he hosted a lot. Of, I mean, he hosted um, 
a lot of, he did a lot of radio. I don't know if he had a show like this. I imagine he had um, formats where people could call in or he spoke to people on the phone. I do not know enough about his okay. radio career. I don't, sorry to put you on the spot. Uh, I just uh, I always have confidence you, you know all about I such mean, he, people. If, but if, um, if he's a very, pro, he was so prolific in TV and radio. I, see. I, I, so I assume at this time he had some sort of nationally syndicated radio show. That's my assumption. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, but this is like a must be a local show, right? Because it's uh, calling well, people out of the New York phone book. True. I mean, I yes, you're right. It's probably well. I'm saying in real life, I'm assuming yeah, yeah. he had a national integrated radio. Well, show. Maybe I'm sure. Uh, maybe others out there listening know a lot more about Dick Clark. But I just found like this. It's the something about the set. Maybe this seems like a very low rent, yes, like morning zoo kind well, of show. Well, it's, that I mean, he would not. He'd be above doing. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I uh, what um, it's unclear to me. In 1973 culture, where Dick Clark sat, you know, we think of him as iconic. Mm, right, right. New Year's Eve, I don't know that he was hosting yet. I don't think he was. So, I and American Bandstand, you know, he was decades into that by then. Yeah. So, um, I, w w the reason I was describing the set was because it's clearly a, you know, cheap Paramount set of what a radio show yeah, would look like. It definitely is, right? <laughs> now, WZAZ is made up. Although there were there was a radio station in Jacksonville, Florida that's now shut down that had those call letters, call letters, but it was used in the movie Airplane and other TV oh. shows. It feels like the kind of the five 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 of radio stations. The five five of radio stations. That's great. Yeah. Because <laughs> so the same he, rule would have to apply. It's like you can't you don't want to name a real radio station. Right. So he says, time now for a big telephone quiz. And the subject today is, and he looks around <clears throat> for the subject, because he doesn't know what it is, and some blonde some blonde a blonde woman comes in and hands him a piece of paper he looks at it and he says the subject today is uh is opera opera is a subject now for your kids for you ki for you kids that's music with a lot of killing and if we happen to get ourselves an opera buff he or she could win himself a lot of prizes and then we see him start to dial the rotary phone on the table now we cut to felix he's in the kitchen he's stirring three different pots the phone rings in the apartment. He yells for Oscar to get the phone. Oscar yells back, why can't Felix, why, to Felix, why can't he get the phone? Because he's right near it. Felix says, I'm busy. I'm stirring some pans for your dinner. Oscar says he is busy. And Felix says, I'm busy. And that Myrna and Murray will be there any minute. Then Oscar comes out of the bedroom. He's smoking a cigar with shaving cream on his face and a towel around his neck. And he does answer the phone which leads us to this first clip. Hello? Yeah, it's Oscar Madison. Yeah, hold on. What? Hey, Felix, I want to be on radio with Dick Clark. When? Just now. Yeah, it's some sort of contest. How come they picked you? He said he picked my name out of the phone book at random. Yeah, I'm still here. Shoot, what's the question? What was Mimi's real name in La Boheme? Lucia. Lucia. Is that right? That's terrific. Felix, you just won four Caruso records. Yeah, probably got them already. Name two operas set in Egypt where the hero faces a trial of priests. I think I got you there. Aida, of course, and uh, the magic flute. Aida, of course, and the magic flute. Is that the truth? Felix, you just won a season subscription to the Opera News magazine. I already take it. Final question. Here comes the big one. Go ahead. Yeah. Name three operas in which the leading lady is named Leonora. 
Il Trovatore by Verdi. Il Trovatore by Verdi. La Forza del Destino, also by Verdi. Something else by Verdi. La Forza del Destino. La Forza del Destino. <laughs> Means the power of fate. In German, it's die Macht das Schicksal. In German, it's die Macht das Schicksal. You don't want it in German. Please, come on, I only have three seconds. Huh? Fidelio by Beethoven. Fidelio by Beethoven. You're kidding. Oh, boy, thanks. That, that's the ribbon. Felix, I just won a car. <laughs> So while that's a funny scene, the, the concept of that actual contest happening is, is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> um, especially on the on a Dick Clark radio show. Yes. The fact that they chose opera and they chose, I, I believe, really complicated I questions. Find, okay. Yes. I find those. Now, I'm not, I'm not Felix Unger, but let me just say that um, since I started watching The Odd Couple as a child, I got interested in classical music at various points in my life. And even today, I, I only know those answers because of Felix. I, 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 this was like my first opera lesson. I know that I only know these clues because of him. But I mean, I, don't, I know nothing about opera, but my gut tells me in terms of scale of opera questions, these are advanced. Yes, and which leads me to assume uh, not only does it seem likely that Tony Randall would come up with this himself, but Tony Randall himself was also a frequent guest on uh, uh, opera quiz shows, which there were not many of. But I think it was like with the Met, like the uh, you know the Met has has had a Saturday broadcast, and there's an opera quiz usually as part of Saturday radio broadcast. And I, I've read that Tony Randall was a frequent guest. So there you go. He's the man to write those questions. And then at the end, Oscar hangs up the phone. Now he does go get to talk with him later, but why would you hang up? Wouldn't you want to it's wait like, to talk to someone to figure out how to like, get your car? Oh, you want a car? Great. Yeah. Bye. Right. I'd be terrified. Like, oh my God, we'll never. I mean, I guess they can call him back because they have his number. But, but um, uh, now here's another funny thing about the scene. Um, they got Dick Clark to open the episode in his you know, playing the disc jockey. Uh, playing himself, right? This yes. is a celebrity yes. cameo as far yes. as this show is concerned. Yeah. And he then we never see him again. <laughs> no. And the way they shoot this scene, it's very notable to me that he is not playing the scene at all. Of course. Oscar. Yeah, right? they probably that did this he, on some They break. just did the setup yeah. and they he never, he didn't do anything else for them. <laughs> no, I mean, he's like the Ryan Seacrest, you know, he was the Ryan Seacrest right, in sure, the 70s, yeah. probably very busy. This is probably, you know, he got probably gone for two hours. Yeah. Or if that, and that's all he filmed. Um, all right, so the after the credits, we start with a close-up on Myrna and Murray, and, and they're we're in the living room. Myrna says, you mean you answer, they're talking to Felix. You mean you answer the questions and he won the car? Felix says, yeah, did you ever? Oscar comes out in a good mood, all smiles, and says, hi, Myrna, Murray, just spoke to the radio station. They're sending my car over tomorrow. Ah, uh, so Bert, they did. They did yeah, they did call him back. Right. <laughs> At least they have that dialogue in there. Murray, it's the first car I've owned since Blanche won my old one from a judge, which he laughs at that joke. Myrna and Murray are visibly not happy with Oscar. And Oscar asks, he tell you how I want it? Felix says, you tell how you want it. Oscar says, it was easy. I answered some questions on opera. Felix mumbles sarcastically. He answered some questions. Oscar says Felix helped. That's why I'm letting him have two of the three prizes. Felix again sarcastically says Felix helped. 
Oscar says, don't start again. Felix says, don't start again, Felix. Felix thinks for a moment and asks Oscar, who wrote La Traviata? Now then Myrna and Murray turn their heads like they're at a tennis tournament to look at Oscar, who says, whoever. Then they turn their head back to Felix. Felix says, what about Carmen? Oscar says, what about her? <laughs> Felix says, you see, it knows nothing. Then they turn their head <laughs> back to Oscar. It knows who Carmen is. Felix says he's willing to break up a friendship over greed. Oscar says it's as good as reason as any. Huh, Mer Murray? It's my car, he says as he pats Murray on the arm. Felix, why don't you keep it in your... Felix says, why don't you keep it in your room? You've already got a grease rack. And now we get our second clip. They called me on my phone. They told me I won. It's my car. It's the end. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, make room for you. Oh, sir. <clears throat> Your best friend? Good to be with buddies, I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, what do you say when I get the car tomorrow? We all go for a ride, huh? How about going to the racetrack? Would you like that, Myrna? Oh, that's right. You don't like the race. Murray, what do you say tomorrow? We take a ride to Coney Island, huh? Look in the crazy mirrors. Make your nose look smaller. <laughs> Murray, the loop the loops. The cotton candy. The fun house. <laughs> no. and you're keeping the car? I am overcome with shock. You think I cheated? Yeah. You think I cheated? Yes. Who cares what you think? <laughs> it's my car. I want it. Why should I give it to him? He gets everything. <laughs> the first thing I ever want in my life, why should I give it to him? What do you ever give me except trouble? Oscar, why can't you two guys share the car? You mean halfies? Yeah, share, share. That's fair. <laughs> okay with me if it's all right with him well, what do you say felix hmm? i'm sorry i wasn't listening you want to share the car it's okay with me okay partners hey i've got a car what happened to we've got a car now we can go to the fun house too late I don't have much to say about the scene. It's an entertaining scene. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, about I do. It? Okay. Um, well, first, I, I love Oscar's uh, childish. Uh, <laughs> Why does he get everything? He gets everything. What does Felix get, by the way? Which, what does that mean? He gets yeah, everything. Yeah. What does he get? Well, I, you're right. It doesn't literally make sense in the context of their relationship maybe but it's like just Klugman doing a bit <laughs> where you know he's standing right next to Felix who's ignoring him uh like just just this you know child like sulking um but here's something odd about the scene isn't do you think it was funny that Myrna's there for a social occasion like she's not there to drop off his call pick up his column she is like they said Myrna and Murray are coming over as if for dinner uh no and I can see them. I think we've seen Myrna, you know, like Myrna, I feel is like taking the place of Miriam in a way, not as Felix's girlfriend, but as, as a friend, you know, as the one of the yeah, best friends. Yeah, I can see them. And I, I, this may be the first time we've seen her in the situation, but it didn't right. strike me as odd that Myrna would have like dinner with them. Yeah. Well, I guess we're heading there. I mean, they, they, Myrna, her, her role grows and grows throughout the, the seasons that she's in and, and they eventually get very involved in her life, as we'll see. With Sheldon. But uh, with, yes, well, well, that's we're way ahead on that, right? Um, uh, but, you know, she does have to criticize him. And uh, he is her boss. 
Yeah, but he they don't act like normal yeah, no. boss. Yeah. Well, I guess they're they're she's in good enough trust with him now. Yeah. Is that do you have anything else in the scene? Mm, no. So next scene is all external. We see Felix and Oscar walking out of what's clearly the San Remo. And did you notice yes. the doorman has a cap on that says San Remo? Oh, I did not. I was on yes. I was watching it on my phone, so I did not get that yes. look. So I mean we he, they still live at 1049 Park Avenue as far as we're concerned because A, that's in the opening credits and B, they never moved. So this is a this is a logistic and an, a, a, a real life logistics issue. But you would think they would ask the guy to take off his hat or wear a different hat. <laughs> but it says Sam Reeve on it. Uh, they, they come out of the apartment building. They're delighted as they see the car. There's two girls sitting on it. Yeah, like like uh, car girls, like they have at car right. shows. They have a red sign they're holding up that says WZAZ contest winner in sparkly letters. There's a photographer. There's a, a balding man with a suit who appears to be a station representative. And then there's like a woman and three kids being held back up by a police officer, which is really weird. Just is that supposed to be a bystander on the street? I guess so. But why is there a cop there? And if there are bystanders, well, maybe, they, why is it maybe those are real people. Maybe that's they had that's they're shooting in the middle of the day. But then, they, but it's one woman are. and three kids, so that not that doesn't either way doesn't no. make sense. If it's the real okay. life pedestrians, there would be crowds. Well, of people. you know, there is something weird about this little segment of them of delivering the car and goes on a long time it does. and see and involves more people than some episodes we've watched well, <laughs> like there's a lot of people in even though they're silent extras they're not speaking actors but there's but, no reason i know i believe yeah. the the woman and the three kids are extras right okay but why there's a police officer there to i think with. gary marshall is setting up this scene is in his mind is having fun with it as like this would be a big promotion. Like I get that. And like when I, Ed McMahon delivers the check, like there's right. gotta be cameras so there. And that's why you have a police officer, but then why not have more extra? <laughs> well, they had to cut costs somewhere, I guess. Yeah. So according to the internet, cause I couldn't tell by looking at it, this oh. car is a Dodge Coronet. And if you go look up a Dodge Coronet, you can see this is a Dodge Coronet. Wow. Uh, the car's license plate is XK8869, which is consistent. As they're driving, you do see that same license plate. It's white. It's four doors. Oscar shakes the hand of the balding man, the station representative, and that man hands him the keys. Uh, one of the girls then hugs and kisses Felix, while the other one kisses Oscar, which is very weird. <laughs> they seem two very interesting. It was in the 70s, man. You know, it was everything was very loosey-goosey. But then Oscar kisses the other girl that just kissed Felix. <laughs> Oscar then gets on top of the trunk where the girl is sitting. He starts to hit on her, showing her his keys, I guess, as if he's going to take her out somewhere with his car. <laughs> Felix then is inspecting the tires. Then he gets Oscar and the girl off the car because he clearly doesn't want them to scuff the hood with their feet. But then Oscar walks on the hood to get off the car. Felix is annoyed. Now we see them driving on Park Avenue by 72nd Street. Uh, we then have a close-up of them in the car. Oscar's smoking. Felix is driving, but his face shows that he's very annoyed by the smoking. And then Oscar throws the cigar through outside, like through the driver's side window. So he throws it past Felix. In Felix's direction, right? <laughs> yes. And Felix is horrified that Oscar's done this. 
now we're on 96th Street, and I think it's Lexington Avenue. You're right. I think it's oh. Madison. I thought it was Matt, but I, you're right. It, the, I, I, I mean, I had no idea I was right until you confirmed it just now. But immediately, it looked to me like Madison and 96. Uh, but so why, maybe I'm not why, right about Madison. But the fact that we both thought it was 96 is very interesting. Well, the no, the the street sign says 96. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, you're confirming. I'm right. I, yes. Now you, you're right. It could be the reason I said Lexington was because it was a lot of words that ended in O-N. So I you oh. could be right that it's Madison. It didn't well, look maybe like it's Madison. Been a, maybe I don't know if it's been a while since you. I, I think you've oh, been in the in the old neighborhood. I've gone there. I, I, I was there all last year. Yes. I mean, I Le- Lexington and 96 has a big playground. Oh, I okay. Then on then, the southeast corner, which right. I think is the corner we're looking at. We are all right. And Madison so at 96 has a flower shop on that corner, which okay, like I'll go with Madison. Well, Ted, we need to get this right because people out there are relying on us to nail this down because I doubt in all of Odd Couple fandom whether someone has detailed all the locations in this uh, in this episode, which even we are not really able to do, unless you tried. Did we, you try? Well, I oh, I mean, the, I tried, yes. I, I looked at the, I, I looked at the street sign as hard as I could. What I could have done, I just didn't have the time, was try to I go see. to Google Maps today and get a street view of the oh, 96 yeah. okay. and streets and then try to pair it up. Yeah. I didn't do that. Well, I, uh, your that's instinct, great that you- your point about the playground and the flower shop makes me more convinced that you're correct. I'm willing to go, I'm willing to commit to that being Madison 96. Okay. But a lot of, I, I did not recognize every location. So Oscar gets, they, they stop in the middle of this intersection. Oscar gets out and drags Felix out of the driver's seat so that he can drive. Now, Oscar was wearing a jacket. In the middle of the intersection. Yes. With a bus behind him. Right, I have, and I have comments about the bus. Oscar was wearing a jacket and tie when he was smoking. But now he gets out of the car, and now he just has on a dress shirt. Felix has the same clothing. Now, maybe Oscar took off the jacket and the shirt, because it does look like it was hot. Now, the bus that you said is there behind them, it honks. It has an ad for Gilby's Vodka on it, which I never heard of, but I looked it up, and apparently it's like kind of cheap vodka. It also has a Dewar's White Label ad on the side. Now, this is the what I thought, my immediate thought about this was, this is the early 70s New York, which is not a good era for New York City. Um, advertising maybe was, you know, weak in some areas, and the city relied on advertising for its buses, and but alcohol advertising was strong, and that's why there's so much alcohol advertising yes. on this bus. That's my oh, slight logic. Okay. Um, now we see Oscar driving and he's talking while Felix is looking irritated and tired, tired. Now at this point, Oscar has a tie that is not tied, but hanging around the shirt he was wearing. <laughs> Again, could have been possible. Now there's no dialogue in any of this, by the way. Right. This is very cinematic, right? Gary Marshall is just determined. I mean, well, we're going to get a little dialogue later for one of the clips, I think. But, um, mostly these clips have no dialogue. They're pure cinema. I don't think there's any, there's dialogue later. Am I forgetting? There's some badly dubbed dialogue in one little bit. I'm sure you're oh, getting okay. to it where they All talk right. about the car. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. So now they pull up to a garage, which has a full, a, a sign in front of it that says they're full. Oscar gets out and now he's wearing a sweater vest, by the way. <laughs> the continuity is a little challenging on this episode. They wonder they shot it over several days. Who knows? On this episode? How about this series? 
Um, why, is he, why is Klugman changing clothes all the time? Felix is now in a shirt and pants, and he's putting on a jacket. Um, and maybe this is a different day, but I think it's supposed to be the same day. But to your point, it's filmed on different days, and they just weren't very thorough on the set design. Uh, now, there's a garage worker standing in front of the garage, and he points to them. He points to this bull sign as they try to walk in, but they just walk in anyway. So now we're inside a set. There's a camera inside an office. It's pointing to an area outside this office through glass windows. Oscar and Felix go into that area. They come into the garage and there's two female customers in there. And Oscar says, Felix, the sign said full. Felix says that means for today. When they find out we want to rent by the month, they'll find space. Oscar says this garage is nine blocks away from the apartment. I'll have to take a cab to get over here. It'll cost me $4. Felix says it's worth it for the peace of mind. Now we hear a car screeching and a hubcap come off and we hear a man say, <laughs> all right, park it with the dented fender facing the wall. The man comes in and he is played by John Biner, the first of two odd couple episodes. Yes. So let's talk about John Biner's bio first. He started appearing on the Ed Sullivan show doing impressions of Ed Sullivan, John Wayne, Dean Martin, Johnny Mathis. He got his own syndicated talk show and then a CBS variety show in 1972 called John Biner Comedy Hour. And that is where Bob Einstein first did Super Dave Osborne. No kidding. Wow. Yes. Then Biner did other TV in the 70s, Hawaii Five-0, Maud, Soap, The Love Boat, Carol Burnett. And I did not realize this until I read this. Although I watched a TV movie that indicated apparently this was true. He was originally cast as Mork for Mork and Mindy in the Happy wow. Days spinoff episode. Which is a Gary Marshall show. Yes. Now the the But the, that's weird, right? Because wasn't the whole idea of Mork and Mindy was to give a show after was created after Robin Williams cameo on well, Happy Days? The, the show was, yes. Biner was cast as Mork in the Mork episode of Happy Days first. Oh in the episode, I'm sorry. The episode, not, not Mork and series, Mindy. Yes. Right. In the episode of Happy Days, right. apparently the, 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 the sources I read are a little bit conflicting, but in general, he didn't like it, and I don't think he was very good at it, mm -hmm. so he quit. And then I think Gary Marshall's son, Scott, apparently knew Robin Williams, or knew of Robin Williams. His son was young at the time and found him, or no, I think his son wanted the idea of having an alien on Happy Days. That's what it was. And uh, that, they found, that's where that started, right? Yeah, I think Henry they, Winkler might have you no know, recommended. Maybe, so. maybe Henry Winkler. Yeah, there, there, this is a, not a Happy Days podcast, so let's defer a, to the to the what? Well, we're, we're, we're talking about it. Okay, there's a. There's I'm just a saying, TV. maybe there are others that know more about Happy Days than. Well, I could have. Yeah, I mean, I was looking this up. The Sun okay. recommended the idea of having an alien. They did it. They hired John Biner. Didn't work out, and then they got to to Robin Williams, and obviously right. the rest is history. Um, but I did not realize that. So then he's John Biner still um, with still us. Alive. Yes, yes. His most famous job to us, I think, was hosting Bizarre for six seasons, which was a Canadian show that aired on Showtime. Oh. And I think for it was famous to youngsters like us going oh. through puberty at a young age. It had nudity <laughs> on it. They, they filmed episodes specifically <laughs> for Showtime with nudity. Yeah. And that's where Super Dave really started to get famous because they right. did a Super Dave segment on that show a lot. Uh, okay, so now we'll play the clip with John Biner. Hey, what can I do for you, gents? My name is Felix Unger. This is Oscar Madison. Nice names. <laughs> We're looking for parking space. Well, isn't everybody, huh? 
We'd like to rent by the month on the ground floor towards the rear, not under any leaky water pipes. Okay, sign here. Leave your phone number. That's it, huh? When can we see our space? That's it. You're looking at it. <laughs> your space 83 on the waiting list. As soon as I fill 82 spaces, I'll give you a call. How long will that be? Who knows? Two or three, four years. <laughs> hey, easy with that car. That was mine. <laughs> Can't wait four years. What do you got under leaky pipes? Puddles. I detect a note of sarcasm. Be that as it may, there ain't a garage space within a hundred block radius of this place. In fact, most of my openings are inherited. What should we do? Check the obituaries. <laughs> Follow up leads. Persevere. Oh, come on, let's get away. Wait, 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 wait. There must be a better way to handle this. How long? How long from ten to how long? Well, uh, will this get us anything? Sure, two fives. <laughs> Come on, we're not getting anything. There must be some way. All right, let's put our cards on the table. How high are you guys willing to go? Huh? The limit. What the sign says, $50 a month. Pay no attention to the sign. It's an old sign. Last card I got in for that had a horse in front of it. <laughs> now, how would you feel if the sign said $250 a month? For 250 a month, I can get the car three rooms and a bath. All right, I tell you, I'll give you one for $200, and that's the same rate I gave my mother. Still too high. Can't you do any better? Well, how's it going to look if I give you a better rate than I give my mother? You shouldn't charge your mother. Don't say anything about my mother. <laughs> Let's keep personalities out of this. It's a business. Utilize your intelligence. Look around yourself at the accoutrements. You think these are donations? James, what do you say? I say we'll park on the street. Oh, yeah, where do you live? 74th Central Park West. Central Park West, 32% bus stops. The rest is one-hour parking. 7th Avenue Broadway, no parking between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. 75th Street, you got your school zone, no parking. You got your church on the corner. 74th Street, alternate side of the street parking. You got to move your car every morning at 7 a.m. You want to hear about the east side now? Never met a guy who's so much about parking. Hey, parking's my life. Give me a street, I'll give you an ordinance. <laughs> What do you say? Seven o'clock, we can do it? You think so? It's better than paying blackmail. Good day, sir. Go ahead, go ahead. Try it on the street for a while. This will be back. This will be back begging on your knees like my mother was. <laughs> now, it's a shame that Felix Unger doesn't know where he lives because he does not live at 76 in Central really? Park West. Yeah, I was wondering what you were going to... I was wondering at 86 what you were going to... These two people could not afford... Just even a few minutes ago, you were... So you were in, yeah. What? I was what? A few minutes ago, you were saying that um, that the uh, the whole San Remo scene yeah. you know, is just a, is a fake. Uh, it is. Or a, what, was it a, a fake out, what I want to say? A, a decoy? No, a, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a logistical decision. Uh, yeah. Just like this but, is. I did notice, Ted, I've, I'm sorry, but we do have to note, yeah. not saying it's definitive or conclusive, yeah. but we have to note that this is the first time that they have given a location, not an address, but a location that I, that identifies themselves as West Siders and not East Yeah, Siders. no, that's true. I'm saying he doesn't know where he lives because so that's he doesn't theory. live there. Okay. But it, it's not a theory. Interesting theory. They show 
They say they live at 1049 Park Avenue. It's in our opening credits every week. We see what yes. that apartment looks like. That was they live two. in the same apartment. So unless they move the exact same apartment to another building, they still live at 1049 okay. Park Avenue. So let me get this straight. Right. You have a good point that the only way you can be totally consistent with this and believe Felix when he says that about Sonnenberg was, is right. A helicopter comes into the 11th floor and just like slips it out of that building and just flies it across the park. And or they hired an architect and said, completely make okay. this apartment in this That's building true. look like this apartment. Well, that is... Perhaps plausible an interior decorator could. They don't have enough money. The uh, they don't have. <laughs> they don't have enough money to yes. live in. By the way, they don't have enough you know, money to if, live in either building. If only they changed. They only they officially gave a different address when they when Felix redecorated. Or when they a, season one to season to two, that. they did have a different set. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that would have been possible. But that's before they somehow lost. The rights to 1049. Right. We know shoot, that least, they that we're assuming that that building was sick of having crowds around and they yeah. and and or that Tony Randall wanted to work from home. Right. So they give that because I mean I don't know why they who knows what went into decision making, but they do not live at 74th and Central Park West. Okay, so we're just going to it's <laughs> despite the locations we see them driving around in. Okay. Well, they are on the east side. I mean, they're at 90. We just said they're at 96 in Madison. They drive up. We did. They did. Of, right. The, the montage of driving scenes is all east has side. taken them, east has side. taken them both. Well, not west. Right, no, we'll we've not seen them on the west side. The street signs we see are not west. No, side the, well, signs. the car was delivered to the west side. Oh, but you're right. Yes. No, that's For right. someone who. That's true. Yeah. Okay. But why are they driving up the okay. east side? Okay, I wondered that too. It looked like they went back to Park Ave to 1049 Park. Yeah, that's where they yeah. that's where they drove. Yeah. So next we see the New York City skyline at dawn. There's a no parking. Wait, can I just say something yes. about John Biner's performance? Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah, Go ahead. Uh, how, how hilarious he is, and um, another thing in his bio, I'm noticing that an interesting footnote is that he was born in 1938 in New York City to the son of. Michael Biner, an auto mechanic himself. So oh, is there something an auto mechanic? In this role is that what you that said? Is... An auto mechanic? Yeah. Yes. Not so. Yeah, he's a mechanic, right? His father was an actual like garage worker. Uh, so I think that's interesting. I also like how he keeps you. He's using a very distinct kind of New York slang, like "use will be back." You hear that? He says "use will be back." Yeah. Yes. He's very. He's 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 very good in this. Scene. I was surprised this was his only scene. I, I, I remembered him as such a, a big part of this episode. Uh, so now Felix, after he's, after we see the no parking aside 7 8 10 8 sign, we see Felix walking fast on Central Park West out of the San Marino Remo with a coffee mug in his hand. He turns the corner and we see a wide high shot of cars lined on one side of the street and then people scurrying to move them to the other side of the street. Felix has a horrified expression on his face as he runs to his car to do the same. Now we see New York City at dusk. Oscar's asleep with a hat that has a giant hole in it on his head. Mm. And Felix comes in. Aha! Oscar! Oscar! Ah! What are you doing? What are you crazy? You see that, mister? 
See that? I can't even see you. What do you want? Look, 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 look. Where? It's 7.01. Good. What's the temperature? <laughs> it's your turn to move the car. Come on. Better hurry up. All the spots will be taken. Well, you're up already. When will you do it? Because it's not my turn. Why are you dressed? I got up at 6.30 to see if you were going to keep your turn. <laughs> it shows on the chart. What chart? The whose turn it is to park chart. What does it say on that chart? It's my turn. Right to... there. <laughs> so at the end of that scene... Oscar punches a hole in Felix's chart, <laughs> which is Starting done pretty well. Like I could see that not working it that easily every time he did yeah. it. I, I don't know what type of like paper that would be to allow that. You know, he's it not holding it that firmly. He's like holding it. I could yeah. I could easily see a punch just knocking the paper down, not going right through it. What do you think it's hmm. made of? I I think my first thought would be that it's um the outer. It's like a fake thing where it's more like a. Uh, like an outer the outer frame with a weak piece of paper in the middle like imagine oh. if you had like a, a painting with a very strong frame right and a thin i see paper in the middle i bet they rigged it like that oh, okay that that makes sense to me uh he grabs oscar grabs a robe and his baseball cat and he heads outside you can see him exit the building good know. continuity yes same outfit as he's wearing even he though the scene we do the clip you just played was filmed on the studio in la he walks out the building in New York. Yes, in the he walks place. down Central Park West. He lights a cigar, which he throws on the sidewalk for some reason. He takes a donut out of his robe and eats <laughs> it. And now we see Oscar pulling the car to stop to a stop on the curb. He gets out holding a big alarm clock, which I think is out of sequence because that happens. There's an episode later where he has an alarm clock. I don't. He never had the alarm clock with him unless it's in the car. Oh, right. <laughs> Then he leaves his robe in the car as he gets out, his belt, I mean, not his robe, and he goes back to get the belt. I'm not sure what this scene is about. I guess he's moving it. I guess he's moving the car, but I think this is taken from another scene that's not really a, yeah. intended to do what this is supposed to be doing. But the idea with the alarm clock is that he he brought it to the car so he could fall asleep in the car. Right, and but that's up. not what he did here. Oh, okay. He woke up in his bed and Felix told him to go move the car. So I believe this is a Scene, the next day yeah. the next day that they just because they didn't have the footage they needed to show yeah. oscar moving the car yeah from his and bed. by the way i think i think it's i assume this footage was filmed before they taped filmed. the yeah right because they went the audience, one, yeah. right so now we see the guard driving on park avenue which yes, i don't know why you would do that if you're living <laughs> on central park west felix and oscar are in the car cars are honking at them they turn the corner of 79th and there's some East Side Avenue there as well. Um, I can't tell exactly what uh, avenue, but it's 79. Oscar's yet. Now, this is where the dialogue comes in. You were saying that is yeah. dubbed in. Oscar yells, oh, right, will you? We are looking for a parking space. This is as the cars are honking at them. In the background, we see a Chase Manhattan Bank. Now we see a bus with a 7-Up ad on it. Another beverage, but not liquor. And we see a van for something called the New Model French Cleaners and Tailors. Now, I look up to see if this new model French cleaners and tailors company was still around. Um, I couldn't really find much about it. Uh, Oscar says, Felix, I can't take this aggravation anymore. Let's sell the car. Felix says, are you crazy? I will never give permission to sell my half of the car. And that's that. So now we have a new scene. We have our old friend, Bella Brooke, 
in her third appearance. <laughs> Who was and, just in this. Wasn't yeah, she yeah, just on? Yeah. First, she was Myrna's uh, aunt. 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 And then she was in Take My Furniture, Please. And then she was in Take My Furniture. Yeah. In a similar role, a kind of like yeah, scavenger. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Uh, She's perfect. Take My Furniture was the previous end of the previous season, though. So yeah. I mean, it wasn't just fair. on, but we've seen yeah. her recently. And here she plays pushover page. <laughs> a new Hi, you the one with the car to sell, Oscar Madison? Yeah, you Paige Livingston? I'm pushover page. I buy cars. <laughs> Come here, just here. Hello. Yeah, look back. There you go, Paige. Put your food right oh, up there. Thank okay. you. Oh. Good. Okay, what's it worth? Um, it's worth the $4,500. Yeah. It's new, ain't it? Yeah, it's brand new. A week old. That's a used car. Oh, I better check my blue book. What do you mean? You've only got a few miles on it from going around the block trying to find a place to park it. As soon as the wheels touch down outside the showroom, it, it depreciates. It's like a new bride. She can be married 10 minutes. No more new. Yeah, but you don't understand. No one's even been in the back seat yet. Neatness don't count. As soon Neatness as the no wheels touch. touch. All right, with the depreciation, what's it worth? Well, with the depreciation, $3,000. Okay, no, no, that's the depreciation. Uh, $2,000. $2,000? What are you doing home? You're supposed to be covering a wedding all afternoon. Would you believe it? Neither party showed up. <laughs> The bride and groom jilted each other. Me, me and the caterer were left at the altar. Want some chopped liver mold? Does this mean you're gonna hang around all afternoon? What a break for us. We can work on the new chart. Listen, I've got a new philosophy. Alternate weeks will move. Listen, I'm glad you're on top of things. I appreciate it, but see, I didn't expect you home and uh, got a girl in the kitchen. She's not touching any of my things, is she? No, I made a promise. So could you, you know, disappear a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. You're glad you've got a car now. You know what I mean, buddy? Take her for a ride in the country. <laughs> run out of gas. <laughs> you know everything, don't you? Listen, no matter what happens, don't come out because she's hot stuff, okay? Well, I didn't make the coffee yet. Oh, you don't have time to call for me. Your wife keeps a nice kitchen. Listen, here's the keys. I'll take the two thousand. No, let's the uh, dealer's preparation. The dealer? Me. And then there's the broker's fee. What broker? Me. And then there's the resale tax and... What about me? Okay. You're a nice guy. Now you're going to find out why they call me pushover page. For you, I'll throw the book away on this one. Nine hundred dollars. <laughs> Pick up the book. The book will be less. $900. You have said you get the best price in town. That's the best. That's the best I can do. Oscar. Oh, put your head on my shoulders, will you? What for? The way I explain it. Look, I'm not that kind of a pushover. <laughs> What's going on here? Don't come in the room, Felix. I heard. Heard what? He told me you were his date. Date? I'm nobody's date. Who are you? Lady, I own half the car, and it's not for sale. Felix? I love that car, and it loves me. If you find yourself a nice girl, you'll be a lot better off. <laughs> Don't you touch my body. I gotta find myself a nice big dog. Lucky thing I came home when I did. The power of fate. 
Forza del destino. Tell you something. I've got a flaw in my character. I'm a softy. If I weren't this kind of guy, I'd move out of here now because of this. But I forgive you. That's the cut of my jib. So, here's the new chart. Now, alternate weeks. I'll even overlook that. So at the end there, Oscar tears up Felix's new schedule. That's yeah, I my love favorite running gag of this. Of every time Felix <laughs> puts out a chart, he's just going to immediately rip it up. That's my favorite scene in the episode. Pushover page. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Do you think, uh, you know, I noticed, okay, so she, there's a lot going on when Felix discovers them and she, she's first like grossed out that Oscar would, would be saying like, for, like she almost believes that Oscar is, at first, it looks like she's believed, she's worried that Oscar really is trying to molest her, um, but she's also weirded out. I think by Felix is just showing up. Yeah, right. Because she doesn't know out of nowhere. And right. who's this guy? Right. Because it's like your wife keeps a nice kitchen. I think this is one of the rare moments where there's a real, actual gay subtext going on here. In her mind. Oh. Because she says to. I think it's it's not exact. I think it's to Oscar. She says, "You're find yourself a nice girl." you'll be better off right and although i i guess when felix says i love the car and it loves me maybe it's to that but i think that's it, also I thought just, it was to that that's what i thought it, it could was. be but it's also like that's a he's a weirdo for saying that and then the fact she just wants to like get out of there and like she thinks they're both disgusting or perverted or something yeah i, I think there's a possible subjects going on there. also if oscar didn't want felix to find out he they both should have kept it he could have like talked a little quieter or kept it in the kitchen. Yes, that's right. But we wouldn't have seen it. So. Next scene, it's dusk again in New York. Felix comes into Oscar's room mad again. He tosses back the sheets looking for Oscar, but does not find Oscar. Now we're outside. We see a parking sign. It says no parking this side, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Now we hear an alarm bell going off. And we pan down and oh, we've right. seen that this is the alarm clock Oscar was carrying earlier. And Oscar's sleeping in the car, um, and he's in his robe, and he drives the car now to go find a space. Um, I don't know why we needed that scene of Felix going into his room. It wasn't that funny, and it was yeah. like, unnecessary. Now, outside again, Felix is polishing the hood of the car, and there's a nun washing the mm-hmm. stairs of an brownstone behind him which i think is supposed because john Biner said there's a church mentioned a church oh okay around the corner and that's she what throws I said, yeah. a bucket of water behind her without looking and soaks felix and then walks mm-hmm. up the stairs and never notices she did that now we see oscar driving and a montage of no parking signs and very quick cuts he pulls up to a motorcycle taking up a spot and is annoyed at that he finds a spot but there's a fat wino passed out in the parking spot. <laughs> Oscar rolls God. the wino onto the sidewalk, jumps back into the car to park, but before he can park, the wino rolls back into the street. Now we see another montage of That's, time. That is, uh, Gary Marshall, I guess, is having fun, like, trying to develop as much local color, you know, it's this kind of, like, seedy but romanticized seediness of New York winos and, 
winos that are funny, right? Winos that are, I mean, the idea of someone passed out in the gutter drinking is not really funny, but <laughs> they're well, trying to if make- If they're fat, some, it's funny. Yeah, if they're fat, it's funny. Right. And then he yeah. keeps rolling off the curve, right? He counts how many steps. Oh, so he finds another spot, Oscar, but it's a near a hydrant. And he counts how many steps he's away from the hydrant, realizes it's not far enough. He sees a garbage can, which he dumps out the garbage and he puts the hydrant, he puts the garbage can over the hydrant as if to hide the hydrant. <laughs> and as he, as he stands back up after bending down to pull it up, there's a policeman standing right in front of him, crosses his arms. So Oscar goes, takes the garbage can off the hydrant, puts the garbage back in it, drives away. Then he finds a real spot, which apparently is directly in front of their window. And he kicks the tire because he's mad at the car. We see this from the vantage point of the building. So we're looking down on this and he injures himself as he kicks the car. So he comes into the apartment limping because he had hurt himself kicking the car. Felix is again refining his chart. Oscar comes in and tears it up yet again. <laughs> Hi, I'm refining my chart. I'm making... I want you to stop beating up my charts. I'm sick of charts. I'm sick of cars. I'm sick of parking. No arguments. We're getting rid of the car. Not for $900, we're not. No, for the full retail value. From whom? The insurance company. Well, what are you no, talking about? Don't cut me off, Billy. Come on. What do you Remember say? my childhood friend, Mervyn the Finger? <laughs> He's out? Six months now. He told me about a guy who helps people like us. Yes. Poor people like us. People who have a car they can't get rid of. He sells them? He steals them. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get mixed up with the underworld. What underworld? This is not some sleazy hood. This is a guy who does everything out in the open. He's a big businessman. Hello, this is Goldilocks. Can I speak to Papa Bear? Honest, <laughs> I was going to call him. I don't get mad at him. He won't be mad at you two. To him, you're just another Goldilocks. Oscar, stop that. You know this isn't right. Is it right what's been happening to me? $200 for parking tickets? Running out of gas in the Holland Tunnel, getting up at the crack of dawn. The other day I stopped for something neat, they towed away the car. It cost me $85 for a hot dog. New York is making a thief out of me. You are not a thief. You're a basically honest person. But if you do this, the Lord will never forgive you. If he owned a car in New York, he would. <laughs> I'm going to have the car stolen. All right. I'm going to call the police. Don't do that. It'll make you squeal it. Will you stop, please? Hello? 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 Is this Papa Bear? This is called a... Were you whistling in my ear, Bob? You try to straighten yourself out. I'll attempt to forget what I've just seen. Right. This thing is driving me crazy. You're a nice guy. I'll take your turn parking tomorrow. Please, it's not tomorrow. Don't you see what the car has done? It's driven me to larceny, blasphemy. Now it's going to drive me to my grave. Can we get rid of it? You're right. You mean it? We got the car without earning it. Power of fate. La forza del destino. Die Macht das Schicksal. It was fate and an evil fate. We'll sell it tomorrow, okay? It's so ironic. I love the car. I thought of her as a, a metal goddess. A thing of beauty is a joy forever. Its loveliness increases. It will never pass into nothing. Oscar. Look. 
So at the end there, they look out the window and see that the car has been completely trashed in like five minutes. I mean, Oscar parked, <laughs> That's true, walked right. up, they had a five minute discussion. So what we see is somebody's been, and this is all in spray paint, put the Duke is written on top of the car on the, on the, on the is that supposed to be the who did this? That's or? what I'm assuming. Yeah. Ha ha is written on the side of the car and the trunk. There's a smiley face on the hood and a stick figure on the on a rear door. And then the metal strip, there's a metal like decorative strip that goes across the side has been torn off. And both left tires are gone. I'm assuming oh, okay. tires are gone too. So that's that's the real damage they did because yes. the vandalism is very But simple. that all happened so <laughs> quickly. And I yeah. find that hard to believe. In the middle of the day. Right. I and mean, I also, know it's the 70s. By the way, there is no parking. That If this was the San, if this was really 74th and Central Park West, that would be Central Park. And that is not yeah. an image of Central Park. If Well, I guess we have in when they show the San Remo building, they certainly imply that their windows are facing the park. You're right. Yes. I mean, theoretically, but if it wasn't, it couldn't but... face the streets. There is no other streets to face on the San Remo. They, well, no side could, well, they could face a side. There, you're right. Oh, it could yeah. be a side street. Because that's what it uh, yeah, kind right. of looks like when they show the yes. POV. That yes. it's like side street. You're right. But they, but they imply street. plenty of times that it's the front of the building. No, but you're right. I mean, first of all, okay. it doesn't matter because they don't live there. But um, it, when I saw the shot, it implied to me they were looking out over Central Park West, not 74th mm -hmm. Street. But I guess it's possible it could be 74th Street. Um, so now we have a tag. Uh, again, we see the San Remo exterior. Oscar's counting money. He says they each got $28 from Pushover Page. That's all she would give for a stripped car. Oscar says he's not complaining. He's glad to be a pedestrian again. Felix is lying on the, lying on the couch reading the funnies, which I've never seen him on. <laughs> he's reading a page that has Beetle Bailey on it. I could see that much. And he says, fate. I'll never forget the first time my folks let me take the car out by myself. My high school graduation. My high school graduation. I tied a raccoon tail to the antenna. I don't know what that is. That is something I recognize from like 20s and 30s college hijinks. Uh, um, Where do you get a raccoon tail? I don't know. Maybe I it's took, not a real one. But. I took Mildred Fleener to the prom. <gasps> Must be the sister of Gloria. What a familiar Fleener. name! Yes, we just heard the name Gloria Fleener last week. Last week, yes. <laughs> after the Felix prom, can't remember who, who, which one is Fleener. After the prom, we went for triple pistachio Sundays, and we parked in the moonlight. Now Oscar starts to get up and leave as he's listening to the story, although he doesn't leave. In the end, he seems like he's going to the kitchen, and then he Felix says, and she threw up all over the front seat. Oscar looks at Felix in shock, not expecting that line. And Felix says, do you think I was wrong not to kiss her goodnight? That's it. It's an okay text. Not great. Yeah. Um, 
So that's but it remind, I can now I'm confused the first time. Is this the first time we hear the name Mildred Fleener? Well, that's what. So when you as I was doing as I was preparing for the episode and you had said last week that you thought we heard that name Mildred Fleener before. I do right. think I feel like this is the first time we've talked about it, which is also weird because and just because of the previous episode being where he says Gloria Fleener. However, I consulting our 25th anniversary Odd Couple Companion. Um, I've been following it and so far season four has been pretty much in sequence. There hasn't been the huge out of order stuff from the season three, but the one, the first case I've noticed is that this was apparently filmed before Odd Holiday. Oh. They were, they switched the order. So they used Mildred Fleener in this episode. And then when they have to give Gloria a last, a maiden name in the next episode, they just say, what the hell? Let's use Fleener again. Who's going to remember Right. <laughs> they could have remembered they used Schaefer a year or two ago. I forget. I forgot that. They yeah. did use Schaefer? Well, in the episode where, where Oscar proposes for Felix to Gloria, oh, right. she's Gloria Schaefer. Okay. So um, I like this episode. You know, but it's funny. I'm watching this time around when thinking about what, how many Murrays to give it. I would have thought I would have given it four. But the external scenes, there's so many of them, and I don't think they're that entertaining. That I, I think I have that. to give it three and a half. I the the location scenes are a bit of a drag. They're a novelty. It's certainly a novelty. Like like they're they've never done this before in an episode of doing like so many location shots and so many locations that are so that are clearly about this episode. Um. It's an experiment, but I think it's not ultimately it's a very successful experiment. It is interesting that they, the whole point, it's like, it is very integrated with the the concept of the episode about the car. It's like, oh, they're gonna have a car and then we have to show them driving around New York. So it kind of makes sense that they did this. And by the way, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that there was a story credit, a separate story credit. And then the script was by Rothman and Gantz. I think my hunch is that this writer, outside writer, pitched the idea of Oscar and Felix get a car, but they kind of just took that concept, the premise, and they wanted and made their own episode around what they could film to some degree. So um, I think it's certainly a novel, makes it a notable episode, and that they tried this to an extent. I don't think they ever tried again. Um, but it's fun to see those location shots to some degree, um, but no, not successful. However, however. Um, John Biner is great. Um, Pushover Page is great. Yeah, Bellbrook. Um, a lot of funny lines, and uh, I, to me, this is almost a proto Seinfeld episode. Um, you know, just get fancy academic proto meaning, uh, you know, uh, uh, before I, I, I got it. Yes, yeah, yeah. the precursor, right? So, um because there's something I love about the unity. It's like, it's, it's like the Chinese restaurant episode of Seinfeld. It's like New Yorkers going through a very unique New York experience, which is just, which goes hard, like something that seems simple, like, oh, we get a car and it just goes, it's a nightmare and it ends up with just nothing. They just get rid of it. And it, even though it's not the real time kind of thing of this Chinese restaurant episode, it has that feeling to me. And it is a unique New York predicament. Now, Ted, I don't know, have you ever had a car in the city? I don't drive. I've never driven. A, you still don't have a license. I, I have a license. I oh, got okay. a license after 
the Lockerbie bombing of Pan Am because you had to have a license to get on an airplane. Well, I got to drive. I took a Taggart test. Reason, yeah. I was yeah. told I shouldn't drive by the Taggart instructor, but I, <laughs> I passed. I passed my driver's license test, even though the driver's license, the inspector, the mm. woman who was doing the test, had to slam down the brake at a stop sign because I wasn't. <laughs> That's never a good sign. No, the Taggart instructor thought she had a quota. So I got my license and I've never, ever, I'm 50. I've never driven a car anywhere by myself, ever. So that's a note to listeners. Yes, never sorry. get in a car. Don't, don't take Ted's Uber, uh, right. no matter how low he prices it. This is um, what's growing up in the city. I've never had, yes. I've never needed well, a car. Okay, so I could have been you. I yeah. could have been <laughs> I did get my license after high school only to be able to drive home from college once like to, to when I moved out. Um, but then I went years without, but then I started living, working in other cities living. So I had to get around and, uh, but I, I've never owned a car in the city, but in recent years, my in-laws drive into the city and I use their car or we have to park it somewhere. So I've started to get a little more familiar. And it is true that it's the whole alternate side of this. It's not just the regulations, which corner, but it's like, because of alternate side of the street parking, it's like you, people get up every morning and sit in their cars for two hours. You find something to do like the puzzle, or you listen to a podcast, perhaps maybe some people listen to us this way. And you sit there for two hours because you have to like double park the car, just be in it until they clean the streets and then you move it back. So how does this uh, lead to a Murray score? Okay, so what I'm saying is that there's something true about this predicament that Felix and Oscar and that only the odd couple would have done an episode like this in, in a Seinfeld kind of way. And that's what I appreciate. And I, I'll i still give it the four, not a five for the reason you mentioned, but it does, I think it is a, a notable one. Okay. That may have been the longest Murray explanation to date. Are you challenging me to next no, week to go live? No, no, no. I think I don't think the listeners can take it. Um, so, if you have feedback for us or comments on this episode, uh, let's I, 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 let's try to stick we'll stay away from the discussion of where they live and seventy fourth Central Park West, ten forty nine. Like that's an old topic. We don't need feedback on that. But whatever else you'd like to share, it's ten forty nine pod at gmail dot com. Uh, Garrett, I'm not that kind of pushover. La forza del destino. De macht <laughs> <laughs>